From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. And we are back in the friendly confines of the podcasting studio. I'm Dale Carter with Kurt Wheeler. We are brought to you in part by my good friend Bob Watson at State Farm Insurance. And I was thinking about Bob the other day, Kurt, because we opened the cement pond at Casa Del Carter. And, man, if you're going to have a cement pond in your yard, you better have like an umbrella policy, good homeowner's insurance and all that. And Bob Watson is a guy who can talk you through all of the hurdles on that. Great guy. 816-229-7878. He's at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance. Boats are going to be out here before you know it. He's licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. And uh, Bob Watson is a great supporter of Dale Carter's America. In fact, you might meet Bob Watson on May 22nd. We'll tell you about that big event that is coming up as well. I am back from vacation. Uh, we had that great segment with um, Bob Jackaway from Max Motors, and uh, awesome to have him in here talking about all the questions that are coming up about electric cars, and hopefully it answered a lot of questions that you may have. Uh, but I was in Florida for the week. Um, it's an area that, Kurt, I'm thinking about retiring to, not anytime soon. Eight yep. more years of this. You and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that area of Florida with the white sandy beaches and all that. Fort Walton Beach, Florida, which is home to Eglin Air Force Base, where my stepfather served, is where we started going on vacation when I was a kid. We expanded that into the Destin area as Destin grew. And now we're on an area called 30A, which gets you away from all the traffic of Destin, Fort Walton. Uh, but the white sandy beaches are the best. Now, I say all of this to tell you that... I don't like anything in the water, okay? I'm a pool guy. I don't like fish. I don't eat fish, so I don't want fish touching me. I just don't I'm, – I'm not a bug guy. I just – I'm really squeamish about a lot of stuff. So Jennifer and I normally film some sort of a video that we reference as our Wild Kingdom video. So if you, if you don't remember Wild Kingdom, right? I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. Marlon Perkins. I'm, I'm playing the part of Marlon Perkins. I am always the one who is safely – away from all the animals. And then Jim Fowler was the guy who was wrestling with the boa constrictor in the canoe. Um, that That's my wife, Jennifer. So we discovered this little crab walking along the beach there um, at Santa Rosa Beach, and we take the video from there. Hi, buddy. Jennifer rescuing a crab while Dale is safely on shore. <laughs> He had big eyes. Good luck, buddy. There you go. So <laughs> that's our Wild Kingdom video from the uh, vacation. That's all you get. Nice. <laughs> All right. So May 22nd, we are going to be at Funhouse Pizza in Lee's Summit, Jim Dingman's place on 50 Highway. Cannot wait to see you. Please circle that on your calendar. Um, the podcast, Kurt, really to me is special because, you know, um, Tucker Carlson is gone from Fox News. Um, I think there's a truth hole right now, and we're trying to fill that truth hole of telling the truth. Not getting on some big soapbox, not, you know, hard on the right, just trying to find the common sense of things in this country, telling the truth. And, and if that's where you are, 
If you just want to talk about the truth and what's coming at us every day, it's a great chance to do that. So circle it on your calendar, May 22nd, Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee Summit. Generally, we get together about 5 for like a social hour, have some pizza, some beer, uh, solve all the world's problems, and then we start the taping at 6 o'clock. We have some special guests who are going to be there. We're, we're firming all that up. But if it all comes together like I think it will, Kurt, we're going to have some young people who are in high school. They're graduating high school now, and, and they're turning point, right? That's the group? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So they are the future of this country. And sometimes you look at the future and you go, my God, this is just depressing as hell. But then you meet people like this, young people who get it, who understand that there's a difference between right and wrong. There's a difference between sanity and insanity. It's not necessarily left and right. It's insane versus sanity right now. And um, I'm hoping that that all comes together. We'll give you more details as we get closer to it. But May 22nd, circle that on your calendar, okay? Because we're out here to tell the truth. And, you know, we had Natalie Rush on a few weeks ago. And Natalie doesn't see the world the way that we do. And we're going to have her back again periodically because, as you pointed out, we had a great conversation in the hall, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, why aren't the mics still going, <laughs> right? So we're going to bring her back because I want to challenge her on the way the left sees the world because, you know, I don't get it. You don't get it, right? Yeah. And Joe Biden is a guy who is running for president again in 2024. We're going to get into all of that. Um, in fact, let's go ahead and do that. Let's go to the ice cream shop. Okay. Here we go. My name is Joe Biden, and I love ice cream. <laughs> I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. Can Joe Biden eat ice cream? Well, some people think that's all I do is eat ice cream. Chocolate, chocolate chip. You've been with your mother. I can smell ice cream. <laughs> By the way, um, we're taking Jackson, Jennifer's um, son, who's graduating from the eighth grade. We're taking him to D.C. over Memorial Day weekend. It's a trip that I did for my own kids when they graduated from the eighth grade, just to give them a sense. I mean, you're an East Coast guy. You've probably been to D.C. many yeah. times. Yeah, I've been uh, more times than I can count. I mean, I used to live uh, not in D.C., but very close to D.C. So We're flying into Reagan, and we're going to stay really close to the White House. In fact, Mark Alford, our congressman, dear dear friend of mine, uh, got us the uh, congressional uh, tour of the Capitol and the White House. So I'm wondering if we're in the White House, you know, and Joey Beezer, if he'll invite us to the ice cream. I was going to say, yeah, make sure you get ice cream Can while you're there. Can we get an ice cream while we're there? <laughs> oh, a little quick story about all this, too. Um, I did this for my son Nicholas when he graduated the eighth grade, and um, a, a guy named Brad Paisley, who you may know. His manager got us the Secret Service tour of the White House. And, you know, and, and that takes you places you can't get otherwise, right? We were in the Oval Office. George W. Bush was president then, and he was out of the White House at that time. So we got to go into the Oval Office. So I'm walking down Pennsylvania Avenue. We're about ready to go to lunch. I am on cloud nine, Kurt, because you know how I am. You know how I love history, and I love th this country and all that. And um, my son Nick goes, yeah, I farted in there. It's like, <laughs> it just kind of takes it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. So I love that. President Biden was on MSNBC last Friday, and he basically says that the reason things aren't going so well for him, polling-wise and all that, is because America just doesn't see all the awesome things that he has done, that, that he has done this incredible job. And the way you and I look at it, we started this podcast the day that he um, was inaugurated. 
And you remember, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Yep. Okay. So, and the benefit of the doubt was, I listened to what he said, and I, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what you do now. Because he said, I just want to bring normal back. Give me a chance. I just want to bring this country together. And then he systematically went through and just redlined everything that Donald Trump did. Yeah. Just flipped everything on its head. Um, and I can't point to one thing that he has done that I don't go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And his poll numbers reflect it. He is at a, a, a low for him, a career low. He is at 36% approval, okay? And that's not coming from Republicans, Kurt. That's coming from Democrats. Yeah, ABC uh, poll that just came out. We have George Stephanopoulos talking about it if you want to check it sure. out. Sure. President Biden pushing back on questions about his age from Stephanie Rule as he bids for re-election. It's just one of the big challenges he faces now, more revealed by our brand new poll. Political director Rick Klein here to break it down. And Rick, this poll is just brutal for President Biden. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his <laughs> leadership else. extends deep inside his own party. <laughs> Only 36% of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. 58% say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC, most of the Democratic establishment, has rallied behind President President Biden, and you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat no, needs to not be at victorious. All. And then, of course, that, that does spill over into the head-to-head match up the hypothetical rematch Trump versus Biden right now a seven point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden and, and, and in fact it's an identical number with Ron DeSantis in a head-to-head -head that might happen next November that tells us at this very early stage George that this race is shaping up a lot more about the incumbent president Joe Biden than it is about any of his challengers no doubt about that I mean that's spot on and that's coming from ABC and the Washington Post so you almost get a feeling Kurt that Democrats are pushing the panic button. It's like, who can we get to run? You got Gavin Newsom warming up in the bullpen, you know, because they look at this Marianne, what's her name? Williamson. Marianne Williamson yep. and uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And out of the shoot, these two people who do not have a prayer of being president have taken 19 points from Joe Biden. Yeah. So uh, there yeah, is RFK that. Jr. in particular, I think he got like 11% in a poll the day that he announced, you know. Yeah. And polls are... I mean, it's hard to know when to trust them and right. when to not trust them. But it's like definitely true that if ABC is coming out and acknowledging like, ah, this is a problem for Biden, you know, then it's probably true. Now, what I wanted to do, because he announced for reelection um, a couple of weeks ago, right? And it was not a speech made in front of the Statue of Liberty or something like that where, you know, the president, the incumbent president talks about all the wonderful things they've done and the job that they need to do to, to the, the reason they need to be reelected is to finish the job. What happened was Biden released a video in the wee hours of the morning and I watched that video and, and I kind of want, I wanted to dissect it, Kurt, and just go through it. So be ready to stop because I'm going to have a lot lot of comments to make on this re-election because it's not about necessarily what the Biden administration has done. It's the dark picture they paint of America if the Republicans come back into power. Yeah. I'm going to want to stop it a lot too. Yeah. So there will be pausing. <laughs>
Okay. It okay. starts yep, with... We're just going to pause it, it right it, there. It starts with January 6th. Okay. What a joke. Good and then God. abortion is health care. Yeah. It's just fear. It's fear-mongering. He has nothing to, to run on. I mean, he you know, he's going to talk about all the great things that he's done, but if he really believed that he's done great things, if he really believed that he's created a positive message for America... Don't you think he would lead with that? Don't you think that that would be you would think. The, the top of the message, you know, for his reelection campaign? But no, it's it's January 6th, you know, our democracy under attack. Look at all the terrible things that happened, you know. Meanwhile, I mean, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Let me stop myself. Well, and let me, while you've got the abortion sign held up there, because they look at that as their winning issue. They think that's how they stop the red tsunami in the 2022 midterm with abortion. And, and I think... We're our side, Kurt. The Republicans are going to have to have a conversation about this. We have to have a national conversation about this because the Democrats put us in a corner, right? There's got to be some sort of we're going to come to some sort of conclusion on on what this is. Is there an abortion pill? Is there something that you take? Okay, you've had unprotected sex. I mean, we're not even talking about this. It's like, oh, they want to take abortion away. They want to take your rights away. Okay, well, let's talk about it. You know, when you dial it back, you've had unprotected sex, right, as a woman, right? With somebody Me? Who's, I have? I'm well, not a woman. You know, well, you could be if you wanted to be. Um, <laughs> with someone who's not your husband, right? So you've had unprotected sex. That happens in America every day, every hour. Okay. So what if there were a pill you could take immediately after, which there is, and you and you deal with it? And then the other question is, if you don't do that, what's the time limit? And you're seeing it in terms of democracy going on. What we had before with the Supreme Court was nine white guys back in 1973 who took the Constitution through just more stretches and weaves than um, Taryn Humphrey could do, one of our guests that we've had recently. Um, And they found something in the Constitution that is not there. That was not democracy at work. What's democracy at work now is repealing that and sending it back to the states. And now we're having that national conversation. Where does, I mean, how, how long should a woman go before she decides she wants to terminate a pregnancy? It's a good question. And it's a national conversation that we ought to be having. And Republicans have got to stop running away from it. Have the national conversation and take that sign out of their hands. Yeah. Stop letting them beat you over the head with a hammer. Okay, go on. Freedom, personal freedom, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. Yeah, it's fundamental, There's man. nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term. Stop. To fight for- Stop, stop, stop. Because he's talking about freedom. And I have a question to you, the listening public here of Dale Carter's America, the podcast. Do you feel freer now than you felt before Joe Biden took office? It's a great question. Yeah. And it's also just it's just such an empty platitude, you know, and uh, I think Obama really paved the way for this of of just kind of like, oh, we're not red America. We're not blue America or, or, you know, the uh, right. You know, we're fighting for our democracy. That's, I mean, that's literally, they have the subtitles. It says right there, you know, to fight for our democracy. It's just like, it means nothing. But think about this. Since Biden came into office, we've had the cram down on electric cars. He's basically telling you that by 2032, 67% of you will be driving an electric car. You will not have your uh, gas stove anymore. 
you will not be able to air condition your house the way that you air condition your house now. I mean, where's freedom? Mm-hmm. You know, freedom is is the ability to live within our economy and do the things that you want to do. And and he's trying to to again ring the bell on abortion. And as long as they look at that as a winning issue, that's what they're going to look at. But when when he talks about freedom, when he says we're fighting for freedom, I don't feel freer than I did before he became president. I feel more restricted. Yeah. Agreed. For our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. What did I say? Yeah. What did I say? There you go. To protect our rights. And, to it's, make- and, and it's, it's, not, it's not, it shouldn't be a red or blue issue. Let's find a common ground and make a compromise on both sides and come up with a solution. It's, it shouldn't be a red or blue issue Believe what I tell you to believe, because the liberal agenda is what we're pushing no matter what. They they disguise it as this, you know, this uh, for everyone, yeah. democracy, freedom. But what they're really doing is just shoving their agenda down everyone's throats and then hiding behind this fake, uh, you know, bipartisanship. And, and, and it's it doesn't pass the smell test. Before you start the tape again, um, Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, is meeting today at the White House with the President and some other congressional leaders because, again, they're fighting over um, uh, blowing up the, um, uh, the the debt ceiling limit. And we're at, uh, what is it, 30... Who knows? <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's over $30 trillion now. I mean, it's it's just terrible. And, and it's the same corners that we're in here. It's like McCarthy is saying, we're going to pull back spending just a little bit, just a hair. And they don't even want to hear that. Just a hair, they're going to pull it back. They've got the votes in the House. They've got 40 senators in the Senate who are going to filibuster the thing. And the president says, I want a clean debt ceiling uh, lifting here. Okay, Uh, and then we'll work on spending and we'll work on all that stuff later on. That's bullshit. And that goes on in both parties every time this comes up. We've got to stop doing that, because if we don't stop doing that, where is the ceiling? Why do we even have a debt ceiling? Let's just take it off. Let's go to $100 trillion. It's all monopoly money anyway. What the hell? Who cares? Um, I care because we're giving the bill to not only our kids and grandkids, but future generations who, who you know haven't even been thought of yet. And, and that's the conversation going on in the White House today, and we'll see where that happens. You know, the president's at 36% approval rating. I don't think he's got a lot of political capital to play with. Do you? Well, he's got you know the entire establishment. I, I don't think really... To be honest, in modern American politics, the approval rating really matters that much because he's going to do anything that he wants anyways. Well, it mattered to Richard Nixon. When he got down into the 20s, that's when he left. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, but I just... (laughs) Okay, keep going. This is the, again, the video that announced our wonderful president is running for real. We're only 27 seconds into it. How long is it? Three minutes. Make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, here we go again. Oh, MAGA extremists! MAGA extremists. Oh, boo! Oh. <laughs> you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating All right, stop, 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 stop. Oh my God, this is going to be a long podcast episode to get through a three-minute <laughs> video. All the stuff that he just said right there. Um, again, a national conversation that we need to have about entitlement. Social Security is a national conversation that we need to have. Yeah. 
Um, and there are things that we can do for Social Security if we have, you know, a legitimate conversation on it. Um, again, when you make a certain amount of money, you hit a FICA cap and you don't have those taxes withheld from you anymore. We need, and it goes up every year. That's something they should probably just do away with. That would solve one of their issues, going after the rich. Um, because why do we have a FICA limit? I don't know. It's probably somewhere in the law. But like at about $150,000, $160,000 a year, basically you hit the wall. And after you make that amount of money, if you're Patrick Mahomes and you, you make $60 million, after your first 156000 you don't pay the FICA tax. So you're not contributing to the Social Security uh, system. You know, as we live longer, Social Security was put into place when the life expectancy of Americans was a lot less. We're living a lot longer. Maybe it needs to be bumped up that ceiling a little bit. But anytime you have these conversations, the Democrats do exactly what they're doing right there. Yep. And then, of course, he goes on and on and on about, you know, giving everybody a chance and and making sure that you pay your fair share. That's a conversation I want to have with Natalie next time we have her in here. Who do you think pays the taxes in this country? Because the bottom third don't pay federal income taxes. Yeah, like zero. Yeah. And then as you go up, you know, and they like to do it in percentages. You know, your percentage is lower than the secretary over there. Well, the secretary over there paid $700 in federal income taxes. This person over here paid half a million dollars yeah. in federal income taxes. Yeah, and I saw something, uh, this is sort of an aside, but it's related. You know, people talk about the rich paying their fair share and, and everything. I mean, there's a huge disparity in the cost of living across this country, too, when you account for taxes and rent and food and everything else, you know, and somebody on Twitter that I saw, and I forget who it was, they broke down a $2 million income in Manhattan. And it's like, by the time you pay your mortgage, your taxes, uh, you know, your, your, uh, property taxes, you pay for food, you pay for transportation, you have like no money left, right? Like two, $2 million a year living in Manhattan is not that much, you know, r realistically. And it's just crazy to think that there are places in America, thankfully not here. We live in flyover country mm -hmm. where it's a lot cheaper. Right. But, uh, you know, so should those people be paying more? I mean, how, how much is enough? You know, it's never enough. And we're it gonna, is never going to be enough. And we're going to get into that later, too, with the whole reparations thing, yeah. because that's another issue. Yep, but exactly. Um, All right. No freedom, no choice, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Keep yeah. going. The, more, the abortion Fair thing. Decisions women okay. can make. Banning books. Banning books. <laughs> False. Wrong. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, Fake news. Yeah, that's all right. Telling, telling people, people who, who... Yeah, I'm walking all over it. Telling people who they can love. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares anymore. You're drumming up stuff from the past that does not matter anymore. Who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. False. Yes. <laughs> False. You know, well, I mean, it's not in a sense because they're trying to make it way easier for anyone to vote. They want illegal immigrants to vote. They don't want you to have to show an ID to vote. They want people who are dead to vote. They want people to be able to come to your house and harvest your vote that may be incomplete. And then who knows what happens in between there in the ballot box. So in that sense, yeah, you're goddamn right. We want to make it more well, difficult to vote. OK, it should be easy to vote, but hard to cheat. And that's the part that they don't want to play in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the point. That's the the manipulation of of language. Right. Is you know they they uh, want to spin 
it's all about spin, you know, the fight for our democracy, women's right to choose, all this stuff. It's all spin. It's all BS. But they want to frame that conversation as not allowing them to cheat is making it harder to vote. And that's how they're going to win. All right. Keep going. here. Slow walk. Slow motion. Oh, nice. There's Kamala. <laughs> Big segment on her coming up. When here. I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. And we still are. Yep. I agree with the that. The question we're facing <laughs> is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom. Again, stop. More rights or More freedom or less freedom. Do you feel freer today than you did when Joe Biden took office? Do you feel safer? Yeah. Or do you have more rights or fewer? Yeah. But which is what he just said. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Agreed. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. All right, I think I've had that enough. we're a nation. We're all good and decent people, yeah. except for those MAGA extremists. They and, should all go to jail. And you know what? That's <laughs> not working for him either anymore. It's not. And that poll that ABC News, Washington Post had, um, one of the strengths of the Democratic Party going back you know, to LBJ was the black constituency. And he is squandering that. And they are trying, Kurt, to give him the easy path back to re-election. They, they even took um, New Hampshire off of the uh, first primary in the nation. South Carolina is going to be the first primary because oh, it's I predominantly a black state. They that. did that for Joe because he does not do well in New Hampshire. Can you imagine the incumbent president in the New Hampshire primary finishing second? That would have been a disaster. So they moved South Carolina up to uh, first in the uh, the primary ranking. Okay. So I, I'm done with it. Oh, you're done with it. I'm done with it. I just, I can't take anymore. But when I, I, I didn't even watch the whole thing, Kurt, but you know, when he's talking about freedom and all of the lies and the things that they're telling in there, and really, where is his big, you know, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm going to build on in the next four years. It's not there. Yeah, again, it's it's all platitudes. He has nothing substantive to say at all. And when things go yeah. wrong, he blames Trump. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, Afghanistan. I mean, that was a disaster. That We were following Trump's plan. Really? Yeah. Does anybody believe that? I don't think so. Oh, okay. So, and he's still uh, in there. He's still screwing with things. Um, the the latest thing that came out was the board, the Biden mortgage plan to penalize people with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit. Didn't we do this in two thousand eight? Uh, yeah, and it doesn't seem like a good idea. It was a terrible idea, and it's also just like, I mean, it's just common sense, like incentives, just common sense incentives. How does it make sense? Who's going to want to build their uh, their wealth? What's the word that I'm thinking of for uh, like home wealth? equity? Equity. Who's going to want to build their equity if all they're going to have to do is pay more of what they make or pay more of their equity to right. people who are not trying? It's like there's no incentive there. It's a, it's a reverse incentive. It's a reverse incentive. It, it, it incentivizes people to be like, ah, well, you know, the rich people will pay for it. We don't have to do it. It's the same thing like they're doing in San Francisco where they're giving people $1,000 a month for being homeless. Why would you get a job? 
Why would you get a job if you're getting $1,000 a month for free? You, you know? wouldn't. You know, and, and somebody even made the suggestion that if he wants to do some sort of first-time homebuyer's incentive program, he could probably do that. I know at the city level, uh, many of the cities in, in our area, uh, in fact, I wrote the legislation for Blue Springs. We have a first-time homebuyer's incentive program in Blue Springs. You can get like $3,500 of your uh, costs to get the mortgage covered if you take a class where we show you um, what you're getting into. Does that make sense? you got to pass this class, right, right, right. and then you get this first-time homebuyer incentive money, and it comes out of federal block grant money that's shared with cities. So you're already getting that money from the Fed, so that's kind of that's how we use it in Blue Springs, and a lot of other cities do as well. But, but all this is doing is saying, okay, if you've done really well and you followed all the rules, we're going to penalize you, and we're going to make it easier for the people who don't follow all the rules. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did in 2008, and it led to the mortgage crisis. Yeah. And it's intentional. I mean, this is not an accident, right? Why? The question is why. Why would we want to incentivize failure? I mean, it's it sounds harsh, but it's true. Why would we, why would we want to incentivize people who are not being productive? Uh, and we're doing that across all these issues, uh, homelessness, uh, unemployment, you know, certainly with COVID and, and continuing before and after and housing, you know, equity and things like that. I agree. I think if we could pivot this into some kind of educational opportunity, I don't know if I trust the federal government to do that, but it would be nice if we could actually... That's why we do it on the city level, because again, it's closer to the problem. Do you trust problem. Kansas City to do that? <laughs> I don't, but I don't live in Kansas City. I, I trust yeah. Blue Springs because we set up a really good program that is working well and has been approved year over year over year because it has a great success. Mm -hmm. And you want to put, you want to transition people from apartment dwellers into homeowners. Yeah. I think it makes you a better citizen. Yeah. You buy in, you have equity in the community, you have equity in a home. That's important stuff going on right there. Yeah, and we're doing the opposite. We're, we're incentivizing rental because of how expensive it is to buy a house uh, and because of how expensive it is just to live. Yeah. You know, it's like people less people are buying houses uh, than should be and everyone's moving towards rentals and living in apartments and, you know, live in the pod, eat the bugs, the yeah. whole deal. So here we go. Title 42 is coming to an end. Um, and this is another thing that Joe Biden not uh, doesn't want to own. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't believe, I guess, the fact that we've got videotape and audio and all this stuff of when he was in the primaries. Right. And he was saying in the Democratic primary, we want you to come. Please come. And so he gets elected president, and all these people show up at the border, and they're wearing Biden-Harris shirts. You said, come. Here we are. Right. So he's trying to not take any of the blame for that. Um, and now with Title 42 ending, you've got this surge at the border that is just going to be of a historical nature. And Greg Abbott feels like he's at the Alamo down there in San Antonio because he's trying his best to keep our borders secure, um, but he's not getting any help from the federal government. Yeah, and there's tons of people waiting. I mean, I pulled up just a quick Google search. According to NBC News, migrant border crossings, migrant, haha. Illegal. Uh, in fiscal year 2022, top 2.6 million breaking the previous record. And you have to expect that it's going to be more than that. There's already people waiting at the border right now. Hundreds of thousands uh, of people are going to be crossing. And I saw this um, picture on Twitter by this account, End Wokeness. This is the Michigan football stadium, which seats 100,000 people. Right. And it's kind of 
I think, useful a lot of times to have like a visualization of some of these numbers because it's hard to imagine 100,000 people. It's hard to imagine a million people. Uh, so, you know, this is 100,000 people. So take this and multiply it by many times, by five times, by seven times. And this is the amount of people that will be trying to surge across the border as mm -hmm. soon as this policy ends. Well, and Abbott is trying to shine a light on this by sending some of these folks to sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago and San Francisco. And did you see the latest? The New York mayor is trying to ship these people to the surrounding counties in New York. Mm. And they're like, um, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah, well, they, you know, the, the people in like Westchester and uh, Long Island and right. stuff like that, those are all the rich li liberals that work in New York, but don't want to live in New York. So maybe they can uh, take those hate has no home here yard signs that they all have up in their lawn and uh, put their money where their mouth is and actually yeah. take these people in. Well, and then, you know, the other issue that's going on is the reparations issue. And I bring that up and I put that in Biden-Harris 24 because warming up in the bullpen is Gavin Newsom. He is the governor of California. This is going to fall right in his lap. They've been having these meetings. And you know how this goes, Kurt. You know, Democrats want feel-good policies like this, and they're sucking up to the black community saying, hey, you guys need to get like millions of dollars in reparations. Yeah. No idea where it's coming from, who's paying for it, but it sounds really good to say it out loud. And so they have all these commission meetings and all this. They've got one more meeting, and this is going to land in the legislature in California. And I don't know where it goes from there. Do, yeah. is a, does a bill come out of this that, that somehow they're going to give millions of dollars to – to people for, you know, and I don't even know how you figure out yeah. who you're giving it to. It's ridiculous. And something has been passed. I don't know exactly what it was, but by some sort of uh, council or something like that. And it's statewide because I think initially it was in San Francisco or L.A. or something. But now it's statewide. They're proposing, I believe, $1.3 million payouts, uh, which is like $2 trillion, which is like, like Just in 20, California, right? Yeah, it's like it's like seventy times higher than their annual budget, or something like that. I mean, I'm pulling that number out of my ass, but it's a ridiculous number. Uh, just for this one thing, you know, completely blowing out the budget, and it's all virtue signaling. It means nothing. It's a stupid idea, and uh, it's not going to go. So, well. what does Gavin Newsom do with this? Let's say hypothetically that the California legislature, which leans very hard left Democrat, let's say they come up with something. Does he sign that bill? And what does that mean for his presidential prospects? Because California is not the rest of this country. I don't know. I think, honestly, if he wants to be the next big thing in the Democrat Party, I think politically he would be a fool not to sign it because that's the direction that the narrative is going. That's the direction that the party is going. And if he doesn't sign it, every black and, you know, activist group and and blm and all this stuff they're going to hold it over his head Sharpton until the at day all. he leaves politics you know so and, he would be a fool not to well again th this gets back to not red versus blue or right versus left this is insanity versus sanity and this is an insane policy yeah absolutely insane in fact it makes me want to go see dr mark tarmina so i can get my insides cleaned out don't you want to just have like a hose rammed up your ass and, you know, leak everything out after going through this whole Joe Biden 2024 thing? Yeah, like a cleansing. A cleansing would be awesome. On a serious note, though, when I was in Florida on vacation, 
um, I got the sad news that um, we lost a colleague of mine from Hartford, Connecticut, where I was program director for two and a half years, Floyd Wright, who had been on the air for a long time. He died of colon cancer. And I knew Floyd very well. I mean, we were colleagues. And when I came to Kansas City, we, we were dear friends. And just knowing Floyd, Kurt, Floyd would be a guy who would say, huh, I'm not letting him ram anything up my ass. You know, um, you got to get screened, right? And, and I wish Floyd were still here because he was a relatively young man. Um, you got to get screened. This is something that we can take care of. If you're a male and you're 45, if you're a female and you're 45, actually, this is men and women, you got to go see Dr. Mark Taramina. He's at Midwest GI Health and Wellness, uh, GI, or MidwestGIHealth.com. That's the website, 816-836-2200, and get screened. I did it, and I recommend it to everyone that I know because, in my case, clean bill of health. I don't have to come back for like 10 years. I mean, you get that clean bill of health, it just gives you peace of mind. And if they do find something, Kurt, in the initial stages, they can take care of it. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Mark Taramina has been around for a very long time in this area, and he's got the practice all set up there in Lee Summit. Your insurance will cover it. There's no reason that you shouldn't do this. And if you're thinking about, well, the prep is horrible, I don't want to go through that and all that, that's one day. And then you go in, you get it, and you you take a little nap, you wake up, it's all gone, and you, you deal with whatever you get. And he's a great guy, and he's got an awesome staff, and they're going to take care of you. Yeah. So that's Midwest GI Health and Wellness, MidwestGIHealth.com, 816-836-2200. Go see them. We got to uh, play this clip from the, from the committee meeting. Uh, oh, for um, the reparations. Reparations. Thing. All yeah. right. Well, I feel better because I talked about Dr. Mark and I and I emptied my gut bucket. Yeah. Well, you're so going to get speak. pissed off again after this. The equivocal number from the 1860s for 40 acres today is 200 million dollars for each and every African American. You're not supposed to be afraid. You're not supposed to be afraid. You're just supposed to tell the truth. You're not supposed to be the gatekeepers. All right, well. You know, something that just sparked a memory, you know, I'm writing my book, you know, about my life up to age 60. Um, and I started off with uh, going back into to my own history here. And Henry Carter fought in the Revolutionary War, okay? And after he fought in the Revolutionary War, he was promised things by the U.S. government. And I followed all of his court pleadings, Kurt, all the way until he was in his 80s. He was fighting with the federal government over a promise that was made to him that was never kept by the United States government. So by the logic of that man, I should be going back and multiplying, multiplying, multiplying all the way back to the 1770s to what the federal government owes me. Because I'm a descendant of Henry Carter. Yeah. And what about all of the people that died in the Civil War to end slavery? What about all the white men that fought for your descendants' freedom? Where's the, where's the payments for them? Where's the thank you to them? I mean, it's just so ungrateful. You live in the best situation on the planet. You know, there's still slavery plenty of places in the world. There's, there was legal slavery in Africa until very recently. Um, 
And there's just, it's just so annoying and so ungrateful. And it's like, we just have to stop uh, entertaining these ideas. We have to stop appeasing these people because that's what fuels them. You know, it's like, oh, well, what if we give you $1.3 million each? Then will you stop complaining no, about, sla- about slavery and racism? No. No, it's going to get worse. They're going to complain more. They're going to be like, oh, you only want to give us $1.3 million each? Racist. How dare you? $200 million. Hmm. You give them $200 million, they'll be like, racist, not enough. A billion dollars each. It's never going to be enough. Don't waste your time. Just tell these people to fuck off and let's get over it. Read a history book. You know, Neville Chamberlain went over to talk to Adolf Hitler and said, we're going to give you the Sudetenland. If you just stop there, it'll all be fine. They gave him the Sudetenland. He took Poland and then he invaded France and then he bombed the hell out of London. Which is a great transition to what happened over the weekend <laughs> in London. See, how about that for a transition? That was amazing. Yeah, Good I should job. be king for a day. Oh, there's another transition. Even better. Yeah, there you go. I look good in a crown. Um, better than perhaps King Charles III. <laughs> I, I don't know. But all the pomp and circumstance uh, uh, going on over in London. Um, and, and I watched it. You know, we recorded it while we were in Florida, and we fast-forwarded through a lot of it. And I think it was like five hours, six hours of coverage or whatever. Eight, eight and a half. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we got it down to just the nitty-gritty, which you're showing video here now of uh, the king being crowned and, of course, uh, Camilla being crowned as well. I mean, she gives hope to side pieces everywhere. Don't you think? <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been a side piece, this is hope for you that you too could become the queen. <laughs> right? Wait, is she a side piece? I don't know. I don't know the. the you don't know the, the backstory? No. Well, no. he married Diana. Actually, Camilla was his first girlfriend. Right. Okay. And he he had a lot more in common with her than he did with Diana. But um, you know, Camilla had been around the block maybe a few times. Mm. His parents said you can't do that. So Diana came into the picture, who he had nothing in common with, and they got married. It was a terrible marriage. He was still stooping Camilla, mm. right? And then he gets divorced from Diana. And well, then, she she died. Well, she conveniently died after the divorce. Oh, I, after the divorce. Yeah, okay. I wonder if. She was still alive if she hadn't been killed in that car accident. If what you're seeing here on the screen would have happened, would Camilla have been crowned Queen of England? Um, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about King Charles and his sausage fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could you not? He has big fingers. He does. And they kept showing that. Yes. Yeah. He has very big fingers. Here we go. Yes. But I mean, he, look at that. And uh, there's memes, you know, there's memes of, like, the sausage in the packaging, like King Charles sausage fingers. And uh, it made me think of a scene from one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So let's let's watch this real quick. I'm going to only play a little bit so we don't get a copyright. But this is the scene where uh, they're in the restaurant, and he's trying to get a seat. Hello. So, May I help you? May I help sure you? I'll try. Hi. I'm Abe Froman. Party of three for 12. <laughs> You've seen this, right? Yeah. Is there a problem? You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's me. That's, oh, man. That's such well, now, a Now, King movie. Charles is the sausage king of England. Yeah. Now, there, there's a lot of thoughts on, on the monarchy and, and all that. And that's the title of this episode, by the way. Yeah. We just decided. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of thoughts on the monarchy and what's going on over there, but, but I look at it in terms of dollars and cents. And they were talking about how many millions of dollars this coronation was going to cost, right? Mm-hmm. But look at what the tourism dollars that come out of it. Billions of dollars. I want to go back over there. I was over there briefly uh, doing a Chiefs game. I think I was in London for 36 total hours, and I saw nothing but my hotel room and a uh, a sports stadium, Wembley Stadium. Um, I want to go back. I want to see all these places. I'm interested in history. I want to see Westminster. I want to see Buckingham Palace. I want to see all these things. So my dollars want to go over there. And a lot of dollars from the world end up in London. They make billions of dollars off this. It's history that goes back over a thousand years. Think about that. Um, you know, you you talk about like the American Revolution. King Charles or King George the Third was king. You know, when we were fighting for our independence, you can trace like four steps between him and Charles. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you know, um, even the the coronation itself, I didn't watch it, but I kind of have mixed feelings on it because, in one sense, it's like really gaudy and like cringe and over the top and you know, the king doesn't really have any real power in England anymore. And it just seems like flashy and just kind of, I don't know, icky to to the modern American right. eye, to the modern American viewer. But in the other sense, it also represents tradition. It represents, um, you know, a rich history that has survived throughout all of this and that still persists in the, in that society. And that is a, a conservative value. You know, it's it's a conservative value to believe in tradition and to believe in, even if it's uh, seemingly, you know, over the top or unnecessary, but there's a reason that all of this exists, that there's a reason for the pomp and circumstance, and it's because of the reverence for uh, the queen and the king and the reverence for the royal family. And I do think that matters. You know, I, I think that there's a, mm-hmm. there's a case to be made that that that's important. You know, unfortunately England has kind of gone to shit in other ways. It's not a, it's not a conservative, uh, traditional country anymore, but at least they have this one semblance of they do maintaining it, the tradition. And I think you're going to see that Charles is going to be like a caretaker. I mean, he's in his seventies right now. Yeah. Uh, the future of the monarchy as it is, is going to be with his son and his grandson who are on display there as well. So, um, Edward, is that right? Uh, his son is William. Oh, William. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, and, I, I, I don't even like really know. I mean, I know Harry just because of him being in the news. But. And how about that? I mean, you know, Harry's like the he's like the Jerry Springer uh, show of, of what's going on here. R.I.P. Jerry. Yeah, because <laughs> he he shows up. He's he's like trailing his cousins on on coming in. So he's like persona non grata. They put him in the third row, right? He's not even participating, you know, when they go to uh, the the crowd shots where they're supposed to be saying things or singing things, he's not participating. The second the thing was over, he was Ubered back to the airport and he flew back to California. He didn't do the balcony scene where they're all out there waving and all that. Um, and his wife's not there. And his wife's not there. So um, that's a big distraction. I know that's got to be heartache uh, for the king as well. But um, with his brother William and William's kids and all that, I think the the monarchy's in good shape over there. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. You know, I mean, I 
uh, again, I, I have mixed feelings about the whole ceremony, but... Um, and Joey know. B didn't go. His wife went. That's right. That's right. But Doctor, we, yeah. Doctor Jill. And they Biden. were saying, well, we've never sent a president to a coronation. Well, first of all, there hadn't been one in 70 years. Right, right. right? And then what was the one before that? I mean, who can even remember? Yeah, was um, there even an America yeah. back then? <laughs> and, and I thought Donald Trump said it well. He's like, I don't think Joe could do it. Yeah. I don't think he could make that flight and sit through five hours of that stuff. He's probably right. He'd probably fall asleep. Indeed. Almost as if you were at a Kansas City Royals game. Man. See? what Your a segues are on point today. Exactly. Um, so the Kansas City Royals, you know, not to be confused with the Royals in London, um, are in last place where yeah. they usually are. They stink. Yeah, in, in the Central Division. See. By the way, they won last night. Uh, I think it was the first time, maybe the second time, they've won two games in a row. They've won 10 games total. Yeah, they're they, ten and twenty-six with a point two seven eight win percentage. Sixteen games under five hundred. Yeah. Yet they want a two billion dollar downtown stadium. I mean, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you when when we get to seriously talking about this because the ownership of the Royals they basically have taken this as a given that they're gonna they're gonna move that stadium downtown. They're gonna pass a tax uh, deal to get it done to pay for half of it. So when that billion-dollar tax bill comes on a ballot in Jackson County, I am going to be a hard no, and I'm going to campaign my ass off like I never have before. I'll campaign harder than I did when I ran for mayor <laughs> to shoot that thing down yeah. because it's ridiculous. They have a wonderful facility where they are. They can build around it. Heck, somebody even burned down the Denny's across the street. So now there's even more space to work Oh, for with. real? Yeah. The Denny's? Yeah. You didn't hear about that? No. Did that happen recently? Yeah. Oh, So man. the Denny's is gone. That's so, like, I haven't actually been there like but once or twice, but that's right by my old house and pretty close to my new house, too. They could flatten that whole area over there and have a lot to work with. Um, we just put a quarter of a billion dollars into that stadium, a quarter of a billion into Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. You've got two separate facilities, wonderful parking out there, and lots of room to work with stuff. Rather than squeezing something into downtown that would just be a cluster of epic proportions and won't help this ball club. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're having trouble selling out games now. I mean, you can get like $10, $15 tickets. If your team sucks, nobody's going to come to the game. Right. In 14 <laughs> and 15, you know, when we were in the World Series two years in a row, you couldn't get a ticket yeah. to Kauffman Stadium. Yeah. Winning cures everything. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, I guess the thought is, oh, it's a downtown stadium because it's closer to downtown and people will drive there or, you know, be able to get there. That's not a problem for Arrowhead. People go, you know, they sell out every home game at Arrowhead. So Guess what? We've been in three of the last five Super Bowls and won yeah. two of them. And football tickets are way more expensive than baseball tickets. I mean, they're like hundreds of dollars instead right. of $20 to well, get Well, they got to pay me. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not cheap. You're not cheap. <laughs> you're not cheap. But uh, so, I mean, if they can do it, then why can't the Royals? Yeah. You know. So I wanted to talk about the Royals for another reason. Um, the Oakland A's were in town over the weekend, 
and their announcer in some serious hot water. We debated this, whether to play the clip or not, but the announcer for the A's took a tour of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, Bob Kendrick's place in the 18th and Vine District. Um, We are not going to play the video. If you want to hear what the guy said that got him suspended, you know, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, Kurt, because, you know, I've been doing this for 44 years. This guy, a baseball announcer for 20 years with the Oakland A's, um, you learn how to pronounce words, right? And you know certainly that there are certain things you cannot say. You can't even come close. In fact, when I'm saying Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, I am being very direct, and very, you know, I'm... I'm uh, well, if we really want to get into it, I mean, even that is kind of interesting, right? Because you can't use the word Negro and when you're describing black people. That would be considered racist. So, like, but they call the freaking museum that, you know? Well, so, because that's what it was. Just, it was the Negro... It's part of history. I know, we I know. We cannot but, keep destroying our history, and that's part of our history. I understand that but, that, but that requires, like, nuance. And these people don't have nuance. They hear a word, they freak out. And it's you're fired, and that's it. So, I mean, it's it, well, there's no nuance in this. I issue. will say that, you know, what he said, um, I just thought maybe his E became a I and everything else was fine. That's not how it came out. So, uh, I, hopefully, just a slip of the tongue, not how he really feels. But the reason I wanted to bring this up was because Bob Kendrick is a great guy that we have in Kansas City who's put together this museum that showcases an era when baseball was segregated and some of the best players in baseball were not playing in Major League Baseball. They had their own league. And when 1947 happened and Jackie Robinson, who was a Kansas City Monarch, made the change to um, the Brooklyn Dodgers and all of those other players who came, it made baseball better. But we have this museum to remember a time when it was not so. Um, And Bob Kendrick is the guy behind it. And Bob released a statement after this uh, video came out, and I thought he he handled it perfectly, Kurt. He, what he could have done with this, he could have been on MSNBC, he could have had Al Sharpton next to him, he could have been full of outrage, full of this, and it's like, this guy's a racist, blah, 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 and he probably would have made a lot of money for the museum. Maybe. Yeah, he said, uh, I'll read his statement. Yeah, read his statement. I, this is from Bob Kendrick. President Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I'm aware of the unfortunate slur made by Glenn Kuyper. I welcomed Glenn to the NLBM yesterday and know he was genuinely excited to be here. The word is painful and has no place in our society. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know that my heart is one of forgiveness. I hope all of you will find it in yourselves to do the same. I don't like that. I'm sorry. Would you rather he be on MSNBC with Al Sharpton talking about racism? Is that really our standard, though? Is that really our standard? I mean, does this guy I like think he, he diffused it? He yeah, sort of. But he he says, you know, the word is painful and has no place in our society. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know that my heart is one of forgiveness. Acting like, you know, oh, well, maybe he's racist. I don't know. But, you know, we should forgive him. It's like, give me a break, dude. You know, this guy. You know, you know his intention. You know that he was at your museum yesterday. You really think like he's some kind of racist? He's just going on TV and dropping slurs? I mean, come on. Give me a break. It's like, I'm so sick of it, man. I'm so sick of it. It's a freaking word. He, he, he misspoke. He said a bad word. Who cares? Move on. Nobody is hurt by this. Nobody is hurt by this. Stop pretending. 
All right. I see your hair's on fire about it. I'm giving Bob Kendrick the benefit of the doubt that rather than do what he could have done. Right. I mean, you're right. You're right in that sense. He could, It could have been way worse. You know, yeah. he could have made a way worse statement. He could have tried to capitalize on it for, you know, political points or virtue signal or whatever, which he still sort of kind of did. But it, yeah. it's just... I'm I'm sick of the outrage. Well, and while we're speaking of sports, Bob Huggins, who is a former uh, head basketball coach at K State, is the current head coach at West Virginia, and <laughs> Huggy Bear steps in it a lot. Okay, and he was doing an interview with uh, 700 WLW in Cincinnati, um, and something came up about uh, a team they were playing, and the fans for the other side were throwing dildos. On the basketball court. That's nice. Do we know what a dildo? Do we do we need to describe what a dildo is? We I think maybe right? you should. I we think, think most people should. get that. I think maybe you should describe it for the people. I'm who not going to describe it. <laughs> so can we play the audio of the interview that got him in hot water? Yeah, it's a little because he's going to say a word that you know. And, and I wonder if cancel cultures kind of run out of steam because I think Bob is going to probably survive this and return to the University of West Virginia. But yeah. there was a time when if you did this, you would have gotten canceled. We're not saying this. Bob is saying. It, the audio is a little uh, crappy, crappy, but yeah. yeah wasn't it? What? For that? It, was a, it was a crosstown shootout. Yeah, I know what it was. was all those bags, those, those Catholic bags. I think so. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe it was because they were attached to their dildos. <laughs> I don't know, but he used a word that uh, is not often used in polite conversation. I also just think, man, like, can't we just have a freaking sense of humor, please? Can we not have us? Can we not just like lighten up people? We have to. Can and we not just lighten up? It's funny. It's funny. Even the other guy, he miss he misspoke. He said a bad word on TV. It's funny. Okay, just laugh at it. It's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> there are some words, though, Kurt, that bring up the red light. And, you know. But he's, it was an accident, Dale. It was an accident. He's not being racist. He, ac- he misspoke. He accidentally said a word, that, a bad word on TV. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get in trouble for it probably. But, like, it's funny. I'm sorry. All right. Well, what's not funny is a leaky roof. And that's where my friend Austin Watterson comes in. Austin's got Royal Roofing and Solar. They're at 816-540-7057. Happy to report that uh, we are going to get a new roof at Casa del Carter. Now, Austin's already done one part of it. My house has a dormer on top, and we had an issue up there where we had a hole in the roof, and we had to fix it. Austin came, and they fixed that. And I've got one of those shake shingle roofs. I'm one of the last ones in my neighborhood. It was legislated that way from an HOA, probably run by a Democrat, who loves to you know give you regulations that you got to live by. Um, and then all of a sudden, they took it out, and I'm the last guy with a shake shingle roof. Well, not for much longer because Austin and his team are coming out, and uh, we'll get you some pictures when that all gets done. But if you need a new roof, these are the guys you should trust. Cass County folks, they're not fly-by-night. They have an awesome company, and uh, Austin has a great team ready to come out and help you. And if you want to do solar, if you're ready to buy your utilities rather than rent them from the utility companies, Austin can take you through that as well. 816-540-7057. Tax credits and grants for small rural business and uh, ag producers as well. Austin can take you through all the traps on that as well. So if you need a roof, you got to have a roof. I mean, that's the first thing you got to have to protect yourself is a roof. And then beyond that, you need insurance. 
And that's where Bob Watson comes in. We solve all of your problems here on Dale Carter's America, the podcast. Bob Watson, Blue Springs uh, local State Farm agent for five decades at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. You can find Bob at 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance. Uh, they handle it all. Licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. Um you, you really need somebody on your side, a team on your side. When it all goes to hell and you need your insurance used, you don't want to be trying to figure out what the other person is saying because English is their fourth language. Bob's got a full team of people right there in Blue Springs, and they speak our language, and they'll help you through whatever situation you're in. 816-229-7878. So before we leave you with this episode of Dale Carter's America... I wanted to talk about our new czar of artificial intelligence, Vice President Kamala Harris. AI is kind of a big thing, don't you think? It's becoming a big deal, yeah. You know, and this is our vice president who is known for her word salads and all that. And think about this with AI. I have hundreds of what we call drops in a drop file. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Certainly I got a lot from Donald Trump. And I've gotten a lot from Joe Biden just in the couple of years he's been president. But with AI, you can make him even sound stupider. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you can make or him sound smarter. smarter. Yeah, exactly. Smarter. <laughs> so that's what we're up against. What yeah. what is this AI thing really gonna mean, you know, in the long run? I heard a report that, you know, it might be the death of the internet because you just don't know what's real anymore. And also I think it's gonna have large consequences. I may have mentioned this previously, but in legal proceedings. Because if you have somebody uh, and you present evidence of them on a phone call or them on a security camera or even something that they allegedly like recorded and posted to social media or something like that, it's going to become harder and harder to admit that as evidence as the uh, AI technology becomes better or even photographic evidence. I mean, that could be faked. People's voices can be faked. So it's going to become a real issue, I think. And then, uh, but, you know, maybe then it works the other way, too, where people actually it is real evidence and people actually really did something. They can turn around and be like, oh, no, that's not real. That's A.I. That's fake. You know, so can you think of a worse person to put in charge of A.I. than Vice President Kamala Harris? I mean, she kind of already sounds like she speaks in A.I. I mean, she, her her phrases are so uh, rambling and nonsensical. It's like they were written by like chat GPT or something. Here's one of the, the latest ones that I found that I really like. So I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, uh-huh. for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist. And this chick nodding her head. Oh, yeah. That and makes to sense. be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist. Good hand movement. In the history and in wax the moment on, as it relates wax not only off. to the past but the future. Hmm. So, Very interesting. Very compelling stuff there from Kamala Harris. She just says words. And, you know, the other side is saying that the reason that her poll numbers are even worse than Joey B's is because we're racist. That's not racist. That's looking at somebody and saying, okay, on an even playing field, you are the stupidest person to ever be vice president of the United States, at least in the modern era, at least since we've had audio to go with it. Maybe there were some dumb guys back in the day, right, Yeah. who you never heard anything from. But now you get audio, you get video, and my God, she makes Dan Quayle look like a Rhodes Scholar. 
Yeah. Here's another one. This is all her saying the same exact thing for three and a half minutes. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be? She has like such an air of significance to her too. What we can see. Yeah, this is some heavy stuff that I'm saying right now. (laughs) Unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be? (laughs) (laughs) It's just this. It's just this. I just, uh, for for three minutes. Oh my God. I just, this is your president and vice president running in 2024. If the Republicans blow this, Kurt, I give up. If the Republicans cannot win this next election and take this country back and undo all of the bullshit that's happened since Joe Biden took over, I'm almost ready to give up. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I won't because I need another eight years. And with that, (laughs) this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.